you're listening to the Marketing for Learning podcast, the only podcast in the world designed to help you increase your capabilities when it comes to marketing in the learning function. We're here to help you make your learners do things they don't want to do. You're welcome. 2022 season two of the Marketing for Learning podcast. Hope you enjoyed the new intro. We got to keep things uh, fresh and interesting, right? Got to mix stuff up. I hope you guys had a really wonderful break. You're feeling refreshed, energized, ready to start the new year. I certainly am. I've got so much planned for this season of the podcast and I'm just really excited to hear so much incredible feedback from you guys with regards to, you know, so many learning functions are consuming this, sharing it, and more importantly, learning from it. And, you know, I think for me, helping to shift your mindsets and, you know, like I said a long time ago, inceptioning you, planting those seeds, those ideas, uh, just triggering tiny shifts in the way that you do things. That's that's the whole purpose of this podcast, why we keep it short, right? So today, I really wanted to talk to you about brands. Um, it's a conversation I have a lot with L&D and even our, our vendor clients as well. What is a brand? What does a brand mean? What is, what's the merit and benefits of a brand? Because, you know, I see a lot of our clients, whether they're working in L&D or they're in a B2B capacity, who don't put a lot of energy into their brand. They'll use really generic stock imagery, which you can find on any free website or even, you know, Shutterstock, in my opinion, is actually one of the worst ones for stock imagery. It's kind of obvious, um, but nevertheless, that that they do just, ugh. Um, but they'll use stock imagery. They maybe will have a logo, but it's given no thought whatsoever. It's maybe drummed up by a graphic designer in half a day. Um, maybe there's no logo at all. There's no color palette, there's no tone of voice, there's no visual identity, there's no visual language. And for you guys in L&D, you're probably sat thinking, well, you know, is that important? Do I need a learning brand? Is a learning brand something that's going to have a positive impact in what I'm trying to do in a learning function in terms of connecting with my learners getting them to trust that the learning brand and products that you're offering, i.e. your learning content, your learning programs, your learning experiences are worthwhile, worth them giving their time for, building that trust with them. And is a, does, a, does a brand even play a role in that? Yeah, it absolutely does. Especially in that awareness um, stage, you know, if we think back to the, the funnel um, and that race model we talked about when we're trying to really kind of get people aware of of our proposition our value proposition and helping to position our ourselves in a certain way branding really helps with that but it also is really really important in terms of those visual cues and markers that are ingrained in your learners so that they start to see content or comms that come from learning that's a learning message I know that straight away because the branding is there so this podcast might be a little bit longer just because brand's a big thing. Um, so bear with me, you know, first one of the year, let's do a meaty one. Um, but I'm going to talk through a little bit more about, you know, what branding is and um, really what you can start to do to think about your learning brand. And not only that, how you can start to shape that. First of all, 
The first point to be made is that a brand is in the mind of somebody. I read this somewhere and I was just like, yeah, absolutely. Because really how someone feels towards a brand is, is really what a brand is, right? Like a brand has its look and feel, it has its aesthetic, it has its visual language, but what we're trying to do with brands is again, communicate and evoke certain feelings in people. You know, going back to those emotional triggers and how to trigger emotions in our learners, which was one of our early podcasts, it's really, really important that we start to associate certain things with our brand. We want, you know, okay, Coca-Cola is trying to convey, you know, a globally accessible, fresh Um, but also, you know, traditional, you know, Coke hasn't deviated from its recipe in decades. Um, you know, you think about their logo and it's all these, you know, curly whirly symbols, but they don't use that anymore. They've upgraded it to Coke and, you know, it's more modern because they want to say a certain thing. They want to, they want to attract a certain audience with that visual, you know, other brands like, uh, Innocent Smoothies, which actually, if you're not in the UK, you're maybe not familiar with them, but these guys just make smoothies and juices and they are hands down the most British brand I've ever come across. They are self-deprecating, they are dry, they are very well loved as a consequence of that. They, they take the mick out of themselves over and over again. And that starts to, again, in the hearts and minds of the people who are engaging with that brand, it's evoking certain emotions and um, it's connecting with people on a deeper level, which if those brands didn't exist, that's not to say that those products wouldn't be consumed, but people, this is how you get the repeat business. This is how you get the trust. This is how you get the continued engagement because people are emotionally invested, not only in the products, but in the brand, you know? And I, I actually think to some extent, maybe we've done that a little bit with mass, not to put me in the same bucket as Coca-Cola or innocent, but you know, many pe- I get people messaging me like, hey, you know, is this, have you been working on the branding for this? It looks very massy or, uh, oh, you know, someone was down the middle aisle of Lidl and there was like some inflatables that were pineapples and cactuses and, or cacti. And someone sent me like a photo of it and was just like, oh, Lidl's like proper on brand for mass. And it creates this like love, passion, I don't know, this connection that is completely ineffable. So I guess the first thing I'm trying to say to you is there is a twofold thing here. Number one is your learners will have a perception of your brand, whether it exists or not. So whether you control the narrative or your brand, your brand already exists in people's minds. So do you want to control or dictate or, you know, shape, for maybe a more positive word, shape, um, how they feel about your learning Or do you want them to make up their own minds? Because really that's a big part of what branding does is, you know, you're you're shifting the narrative, you're owning the narrative, you're shaping what people's hearts and minds think. And that's accomplished in a variety of ways, which we're going to talk about next. So a brand, first of all, is not just a logo. Um, I see so many people all the time who are very much like, Yes, it's, you know, we've got to got to get our logo designed and then our brand sorted. And I think, you know, I, I've worked with companies that have, pardon my French, really crap logos. And 
you can still do a lot with a crap logo. What you can't do a lot with is a really poor visual identity, a really non-existent tone of voice or, you know, the corporate casual kind of tone, something that does not stand out or differentiate in any way, shape or form. There, There is also no connection to the the overall elements of of a brand in terms of yeah tone of voice um colors uh you know even the like the sentence structure the copywriting the way that you speak um you know there's there's a huge amount of oh and even things like font as well obviously you know these all these all have subtext context they all have uh connotations you know so this is like a really important thing so if you're using a certain font, it says a certain thing. Like, I always remember I was going out to eat dinner with a colleague, it's a good while back now, and we were looking at menus on restaurants and they had them like, you know, out in the little frame things and behind the glass all lit up. And we were looking at one menu and she turned and said to me, their menus were in in Comic Sans, I'm not eating here. Because, you know, Comic Sans is a not a good font, it's just a joke really, but amazing how that made her think, Comic Sans, this restaurant doesn't know what they're doing, they've used a really jokey font, and therefore I find them a bit of a joke. Like, wow, that's a, that's a lot of leaps, but this is what our subconscious does. So it's really, really important that we focus on actually owning the narrative in our learners' minds through developing a learning brand. Now, why should you invest in actually building out a brand, establishing a visual language? Well, you need to improve your user experience, of course, and that helps you to communicate your values and your vision and um, also allows people to have a better first impression of who you are um, and help them to have a better brand recall. As I said, they're going to have a better association if they see certain things and think, oh, that personality is learning that, you know, especially in internal comms, you know, your learners, your people are incredibly inundated with noise outside of the organization, noise inside of the organization. So, you need to make sure that you have your product, in inverted commas, your learning has a strong visual language because people will remember it better if it does. It's more memorable. It sticks in its in people's minds. You know, there is an absolute fundamental reason why Masses brand uses obscure objects like hands holding dinosaurs or pineapples or uh cactuses or women wearing obnoxiously bright clothing and lipstick and that's because it looks like nothing else out there and so it's created a very distinct visual which people can see straight away know it's ours and if they have that emotional connection and that affiliation with what we're doing they're going to give us their time because we've already built the trust with them you know oh mass always shares interesting stuff actually that's a mass mass post you know i like what she has to say i'm going to take pause and read you want your learners to do the same, right? You want them to see something and go, oh, you know, if you're trying to get their attention, your brand plays a role in that. I understand that in some contexts, you know, we've worked with clients in-house who who are limited with regards to what they can do from an internal branding perspective. Um, there are still things you can do around tone of voice, imagery, um, you know, even if you have to use the existing corporate brand, there are still ways to differentiate and, you know, kind of showcase your product, your learning proposition as, a, as something different.
So how do you actually create a brand? Well, I've got a few key tips for you, really. Um, First of all, understanding what it is you're trying to communicate is really, really important. You know, we've talked about things like the value proposition canvas in the past, Um, really identifying your USPs and, and understanding, you know, what you're trying to communicate with the brand. So if you're trying to convey modernity, you're trying to convey freshness, energy, excitement, you know, using colors like black, blue, probably not going to work, you know, so you need to spend a bit of time thinking about the psychology of color um, and understanding a little bit more about how that can impact what people are seeing. Um, But also thinking about, you know, okay, if we want people to feel certain things, then, you know, what does our logo need to look like? What whether you do a logo or not, what, you know, what sort of imagery is going to kind of contain and sustain what we're trying to say here. I think that that's like probably one of the most important things is, you know, what are you trying to communicate first? Because that all comes from there. And, and I, and think again about your learners and your people, right? Like this isn't about what you want. This is about what's going to work best for them. So what's going to get their attention most, you know, if you've done your personas and you understand your audiences, What's going to help differentiate your brand in amongst all the other internal comps that are already going out? How how can you help stand yourself stand out by developing a brand that's going to give you the attention you, you're trying to get? Another part of that is, you know, building on your personas, you've done that work. You need to already understand what people think about your brand, right? As I said to you, if you don't control the narrative, they're just going to create one for you anyways. So I would strongly recommend that you need to have a really clear understanding of what people already think of your learning brand. Uh, You know, (laughs) easy question. When you hear the word professional development, organizational development, learning at work, what, give me one word, what do you feel? Because there's kind of a a bit of a convergence when it comes to branding. You've kind of got the brand visual identity, which is, you know, your tone of voice, your, your tagline, your visual identity in terms of like your aesthetic style, your logos, your colors, that sort of stuff. So that's, that's kind of how you want to be seen. That's, you know, you projecting outwards, but then there's all this stuff internally that your learners are already building you know what's your reputation do do you have a reputation of being trustworthy of worthy of their time of them them getting what they need when they need it what are the emotional ties or any any first impressions or impressions that they have about your brand what do they believe about your brand this is super super important in terms of developing your brand not only in terms of understanding your learners better, but also helping you to get some better context with regards to your learning function as a whole and, and you know, what people are actually thinking. From there, it's really a case of, of understanding, you know, what it is that you're trying to, to do, you know? And I think, like I said, finding, you know, with regards to visual language, rather than just focusing on some stock imagery that doesn't make sense, you know, I, I look for themes, you know, Im- imagery that, has, you know, animals doing silly things or, you know, people doing weird things or, like I said, you know, odd objects that don't have any relevancy. Um, I don't know, maybe it's a a play on your logo and it's lines or shapes or whatever it might be, but it shouldn't be something that's just completely out random, I guess. Like, I just, I see imagery used all the time and it's just, oh, that'll do, that'll do, that'll do. 
but all that that'll do is just kind of compounds this nonsensical brand in people's minds where it doesn't, you know, they're not going to take it seriously. So you need to really think about, you know, what you're trying to communicate and also, you know, how you can best communicate that visually um, and without it looking cliched or feeling obvious, you know, these are things that we need to think about that. And also just on that point, make sure it's scalable. Um, Again, I've seen brands all the time where people are, you know, they have a finite amount of imagery it gets overused and then again I've actually got an episode planned on this in terms of banner blindness people start to ignore the imagery because they've seen it so much they think they've seen it before psychologically our brains just go yeah I don't need to see that information like we're processing so much information all the time that our brains just subconsciously dismiss stuff that we think we've already seen so it's really important to make sure that whatever imagery style you select or whatever images you use that it's scalable and you can add to that because otherwise you are going to find yourself hitting a wall very quickly with your visual language. So that's just a quick whirlwind idea about branding. And of course, there's, you know, there's a lot of complex stuff going on with regards to brands in terms of, you know, that emotional piece, what we're trying to communicate with our learners, how best you can do that with a visual language and a visual style of which a logo plays a small role. But they're, in my opinion, if there's one thing you need to remember, it's that branding in a learning function is absolutely vital. And that's because you are selling a product. And, you know, I will hop on about this until I'm blue in the face. Your product is your learning proposition. And therefore, positioning is really, really important. You need your audience to want to learn. You need them to trust that if they give you their time, that it's going to be of merit and of value to them. Your brand can help to compound that sentiment. It can help to establish and build that trust and ensure that your learners recognize and engage with communications that come from learning. All because you spent some time thinking about what you want people to think, what you want people to feel, and how you can best communicate that visually. Brands are really slippery creatures. You know, they're a little bit ineffable. They, they're they kind of make or break in many cases. And I think many people think, well, we haven't got a brand and we're doing okay. But, you know, subconsciously, your lack of brand is still a brand. And it's still solidifying certain sentiments and ideas in your learners' minds. So, you know, having a strong, robust visual language enables you to connect better with your people, raise more awareness about your your product, which is your learning proposition, right? I'm going to continue to call it a product because that's exactly what it is. You want to increase that recognition. You want to increase the trust with them that, you know, if we opt into this, if I give that my attention, then what am I going to get in return? All of your visual language, your typography, your imagery, your logo, you know, your colors, your tone of voice, all of that stuff has an effect on what people think and what people feel towards your learning brand. Do you want to control that narrative or do you want them to make up their own minds? 
Well, I know that was a slightly longer podcast than normal, but I hope that that was um, interesting for you guys and, and got you thinking a little bit about branding. It's a big kind of squirrely, fluffy place, branding, um, but it's, you know, it's worth pause and it's absolutely worth taking the time to invest in building a solid foundation for your brand that helps to grow what you're trying to do but is also scalable and can mature as your function matures as well but primarily helps you to achieve your learning goals which is get people to know that learning exists get them to take the learning get them to take the learning again and again and again so that they build a habit or they actually increase their knowledge because again we know one one doesn't one time does not do anything and then as a consequence of that change their behavior at work, improve their performance, be better, be more productive, whatever it is. That's what we're trying to do. Brands absolutely support that objective and they're absolutely going to help you achieve your learning goals. So that's uh, episode one done. Thanks so much again for your time. I can't believe we're on season two. As I've said before, if you guys have any episodes that you'd like us to record, I've got absolutely tons of stuff planned, but nevertheless, I would love to hear some feedback from people. I also have a few interviews booked in with some incredible learning professionals from global organizations who are actually starting to apply some of the marketing strategies and thinking that we are discussing in this podcast. Hear it from the horse's mouth, this stuff works. I can't wait to share their interviews with you and of course we'll be releasing new content as often as we can. Thanks for your time guys. I will see you soon. Happy New Year.